Hello, welcome to this University of Brighton podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Richard Newman, and this week I've been speaking to sports scholar George Mills, who's just become a British indoor athletics champion. George studies sport and exercise science here, but trains with an elite group of athletes in the Phoenix track setup in the South Downs, working with Olympians and Commonwealth medalists. We talked about his outstanding recent success at the highest level, how it fits in with his university studies and his famous dad. George, firstly, huge congratulations on your indoor title, British champion. How does that sound? Oh, thank you very much. Well, I was obviously means a massive deal to me, like, it's been something I've wanted to achieve for a long time, and to be able to achieve that indoors was made me proud, and was a, it's very nice just to achieve your targets for the indoor season, like mm. a nice step in the right direction. Yeah, did it take you by surprise? Um, I knew I was in, I was I've been training well ever since we came back into training around September, but I just I just wanted to execute my plan that the coach gave me and then see what happens. If I give my all, then you never know. Yeah, so this was a successful doubleheader in Glasgow for people that don't know. 1,500-metre personal best uh, at the Indoor Grand Prix, which, again, if people don't know, is one of the biggest indoor events in the world. And that took you third in the British rankings. And then a week later, you then win the 1,500 metres at the British Athletics Indoor Championships to, to, yeah, to win so the title. Yeah, so the week before the British champs in Glasgow, it was a um, a fair like a, a surprise that I got in the race. I got a call the Wednesday night before, okay, before the Saturday because there was a dropout and they were like, "Oh, would you like to fly up and race?" I was like, "I jumped at the chance, obviously, because I knew how good an opportunity it was to compete at that level against some unbelievable athletes who have like been there, done it, done it all. It was just a great opportunity for me to learn. And it was a win-win situation, no matter what happened. And fortunately enough, I was able to come away with a big PB. Yeah, best field you've run in. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. So is that, is that quite interesting then to, to, to run in that kind of field? You train with some elite athletes as well, which you're going to come to a bit later on, but to run in that kind of field that obviously has pushed you on. Yeah, definitely. It's almost to be around, in the warm-up area, be around people who you've seen for like five years or whatever, been watching the sport, seen watching Olympics, world champs. But then also the atmosphere of the crowds and the people there, the cameras, everything like that. It's such a big, It was such a big event and the biggest event that I've ever been involved in. It was just, uh, there was lots of great stuff to take in and take to the future. Mm. So let's go back a bit, really quite a bit. Is athletics something you've been into for a long time? Um, so obviously, for no surprise, I started playing football, obviously, because my yeah. dad, we'll dad come to played that. football. Yeah. started <laughs> off when I was young, playing football at the local club and then school and everything. Like It was probably, I only got really into running, seriously, probably about, 15, 16. Okay. But I always, when I was younger, my parents would maybe keep fit, go for runs sort of thing. I'd always do the cross-country races in primary school, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then when I moved to secondary school, there was like more serious athletics teams and I was involved in that. It's probably about the age of 14, we had like the team English schools or something like that. And our, my age group got there. We were like the first one at the school in like 10, 15 years or something. Mm-hmm. And I won my race there. And then I kind of realised, oh, I, all right, I'm quite good at this. And then kind of just snowballed from there, like each year taking it more and more seriously, mm. getting me to where I am now. Yeah. So tackling that elephant at the room then, who's your dad? Danny Mills. Danny Mills. There we go. We'll come to that a, a bit because I want to tackle that in a minute. So there's a hook to keep on listening. But I want to talk to you about, um, we'll come back to talking really about athletics in yeah. a minute, but um, about you being here at the University of Brighton, you're on a sports scholarship. You're studying sports and exercise science. Is that correct? Yeah. So was it the uni first or was it the opportunity to come train no, down so here? to be honest, it was the opportunity to come down and be part of John's 
group. Yeah. Like he was in the process of setting up, like pulling in athletes from outside the area. Mm. And I was coming to my end of time at school at home and was like, oh, this is an opportunity that I can kind of, that I feel like I should take. Otherwise mm. I feel like I might regret it. Yeah. So then I kind of, I was like, yes, I'll, I'll come down here, join John's group and then kind of worked uni around that. Like had a look what unis were around here and Brighton being the great uni is, I was just, I'll, I'll do, go do my course there. Yeah. So John is, is John Big. He's a, he's a coach who you sort of train up in the, around the South Downs, don't you? You've got quite, you've got an elite setup there, Phoenix track. You've got the Olympians, Charlie Grice, Elliot Jars. You've got a Commonwealth silver medalist there in Carl Langford. So you're training with a, with a pretty decent setup and a sort of purpose made sort of gym and training center, haven't you? Yeah, 100%. So, Again, another, like I mentioned earlier, it's a great opportunity to learn mm. and train around people who have been there and done it and are performing right at the top level. Those sorts of experiences that you can take from them and then they'll push you in training. And obviously me being me, I want to beat them in training and mm. be pushing against them in training, which it automatically like brings you on and makes you perform better. Mm. Again, we'll, we'll definitely come back to that. Like you said, you're on a sports scholarship. Um, what sort of support does that mean you receive here? So the uni have been great. So earlier this year, I went to a training camp in uh, South Africa and they gave me about three, four weeks off. Well, not off, but they were like flexible with like, oh, you don't have to come to the lectures. You can do your work out there. Met all the deadlines that I had out there. They were really helpful with that. Prior prior to going out there, actually, I was um, a friend of mine helped me out with some work in the altitude chamber. So I went in there five, six times before I went out to... Dolstrom just to help acclimatize and stuff like that and it's also with the with the facilities that are over there it's great to be able to learn more about the demands of the sport and the different things that can have an influence on your performance mm. yeah that's what I was going to ask actually because you obviously you're studying sports and exercise science so uh, you'd imagine that as uh, and as an athlete training pretty much full-time that's knowledge that you're getting from your studies is, has got to be having a good impact on your training I guess and how you're you I mean a better oh, insight what you're doing yeah without a doubt so it's more so with all of the the research papers I'm having to read the lectures I'm in it's all again like I'm a big on like learning getting much experience as I can and then applying that in any way that any way that's possible so with the with the sports course I've tried to focus it more on the performance side the stuff that I want to learn which is nice in like the final year, you can kind of pick and choose the sort of things that you want to work on. But like getting insights from people who have been working in that area for however many years, like have so much knowledge and whether that's performance analysis, S and C, like heat heat training, mm-hmm. altitude training, like just just talking to lots of different people who have lots of different ideas and prior experience in those areas is really helpful when it comes to gaining as much knowledge as you can and then applying that into the areas that you want to for your training as well. Yeah, kind of the ideal sort of training resource then. When you're not training, I guess you're studying. When you're not yeah, studying, yeah, yeah. you're training. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So it's it's a really nice switch off being able to go into uni. And subcon- you are, I'm still focusing on sport and what I'm in, because that's what I'm interested in, really. But then being able to like apply, think, oh, that might work for this that might work for that in my within my training mm. do you see yourself using it as well further down the line so like after obviously we all know sports careers are short yeah the degree uh, yeah, yeah yeah so i kind of 
Yeah, 100%. I enjoy what I'm doing at uni. Like, I'm very interested in how you can improve performance, really, because at the end of the day, everybody knows the, the big things that can. But if you can find a, like, a little one or two percenter in like a cool little different study or something like that, or a, or a supplement or like something different mm. to do with your warm-up, then... Yeah, I'd, I'd love to like work in that area in the future. Yeah, and university just got a new um, accreditation, don't know if you know about it, um, which means that uh, maybe attracting more sports scholars here in the future. So for anyone that may be considering coming here to, on a sports scholarship to help supplement their, their sporting careers, what would you say to them, anyone that was considering coming Oh, the, coming the sports scholarship's been great. I've been working closely with, uh, always exchanging emails with Rob mm-hmm. Nittman. He's like leads the leads a scholarship scheme and yeah they're, they're great they're really helpful with everything that i need they've got um they help set up like massage therapies and stuff for like a very reduced fee which is like because it can be very like that stuff's expensive if mm. you're going to like source it privately so they've got very good links with that i think um they also do lots of snc work well i i get that from training but if someone else was coming down here they'd have access to fantastic gyms mm. whether that's in eastbourne or here yeah and then yeah, it's just, again, lots of conversations that you can have with people who have had lots of experience in sporting performance and competitive areas. How tricky do you find it then, trying to balance these two? Um, don't get me wrong, it's it's difficult. Like Sometimes I get I get in from training and I've like planned before, I'll be like, oh, I'll get home and do some work. And then like that's just a complete write-off because it's <laughs> been like a three-session day. I'm absolutely <laughs> off my feet, like tired and just want to chill out. But to be honest, it's just about... Like I'm always in constant conversation with my lecturers, like exchanging emails. They know like the situation. Like if I have to ask them a few questions over email rather than going to meet them or something, yeah, they're totally okay with that. And it's also about just knowing when your deadlines are. If you know when your deadlines are, you can prepare what you need to do before then get it done early. Mm. And then if you need to change little bits towards the end, then that's what that's what I'd recommend. Just be if you fail to prepare you're preparing to fail. Mm. That's one of the things my dad used to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's the same in everything. Like if you don't, if you don't like know when you need to get something in, if you get to two weeks before you're like, oh, I've got no chance of doing it. So knew my deadlines all at the start of the year and then just tried to work everything around that. Yeah. What, what were your sort of teammates think of you doing the, your degree as well at the same time? So I know Charlie and Elliot have both done degrees. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Finn's done a degree as well so probably about half of us have done a degree a couple of them work so I think it's just I think it's just kind of the process you go through because two years ago I wasn't good enough to be go and be a full-time athlete Mm -hmm. I was needed something else to work on something else something else to do and um but like coming to this period now like I enjoy what I enjoy what I'm doing I'm enjoying training enjoying uni and I know how both of them are starting to work a little bit more. Coming back to the the setup that you're involved with, uh, with with John Big. Um, so it's an offshoot of a local club right in Phoenix, from around here, Phoenix Track. And you've got we talked about then then training with these uh, these mm. guys who've been at you know massive massive athletics events around the world, the biggest sporting events. Yeah. And you've already said about how they sort of drive you on. Do you sort of feel like you're sort of soaking up a lot from them almost every day that you're training with them, and sort of the way that they train, the way they live their lives? Yeah, definitely. So when I first came down it was about september 2017 i was naive as anything as an athlete didn't well like most young people you think you know you think you know so much but then you come into this environment and you're like oh my like you you're like i, I had nothing 
Like, but that's easy to look back now in in hindsight. So yeah, it's especially when I'm on training camps with them. Like you're a bit, you're like living together. You're in like close contact all the time. You're doing all the runs, all the sessions together. You're going out for dinner together. I just like to ask questions to them to try and learn as much as I can because I'm quite a bit younger than all of them. So like I try to take as much as I can from their previous experiences, how they like to do things, and you can kind of take take bits from everywhere to work out what works best for you. Mm. You're, you're quite a, a, a tight knit group because it's a kind of a strange sport, athletics, isn't it? You're all you're all individually running for yourselves. At the same time, you're usually trying to make the same team. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, we're really everybody's really good friends to be honest like so it's, it's nice because athletics is usually an environment where it's just just you mm. but with everybody all operating at a really high level everyone understands and everybody wants to like almost keep pushing each other yeah in training so if you're having if you're having an off day someone's going to be feeling good so you've got to try stick on them and and push them but then on the social side of things like yeah like training camps Training camps more so because everybody's got a bit more spare time out there. You've not got like the the normal stuff that goes on with life, like having to go to work, having to go to uni. Mm. So it's a bit more more relaxed, and you will go for a few more coffees or whatever, something like that together. Go out for a dinner at night, cook dinner together, that sort of thing. And you just it's not always also it's not always talking about training. Sometimes it's just nice to just yeah. have a normal chat with them and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to Glasgow, then I mean, pretty ideal start to the season for you. Couldn't really have gone much better. Obvious question next then is what are your sort of hopes for the season? What are the targets that you've got coming up? So in, indoors for me was about just experience from experience in racing, getting as much like knowledge as I could of like the different events, especially the 1500, because I've not done a lot of work in that area before. And then I came, finished like fantastically well, couldn't have been more happy. So that's a massive positive going into the summer. But going into the summer, it's... I just want to keep improving. Mm. Just want to keep improving, like stay healthy, and again get as much experience as I can, and get to the Olympic trials on the twentieth of June in mm. the best shape I can possibly be in myself. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, because it's unrealistic to think that I'm like going to make the Olympic team. To be honest, like there's a lot of very good guys out there. Like there was three in the world final last year, and then there's Charlie, who's the fourth fastest of all time in the UK. So. But I mean, it's a sport where yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's who performs best on the day, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. So if you've got the time and you go into the qualifiers, you've got a chance. Mm. But it's very much this again. This this year, like just like last year was for me. It's again just about learning as much as I possibly can, just continuing to improve and be it staying on that curve of progression which you need to be on. Yeah, you say about fifteen hundred meters is not something that you've done a lot of work in, in the past because you mainly focused on eight hundred. Is that right? Yeah. So where where are you at now then are you thinking are you focusing more on 15 rather than the eight um so when i was younger i always ran 800s so i I won european under 18s in 2016 for 800 meters then to be honest after that i had two years out injured didn't race for two years came back last year was doing eights and 15s this indoor season did more 1500s but to be honest i enjoy I love the 800, it's what I've always done mm. as a younger kid. But then the 15, it's new. I've been running PBs in that. I've been winning races in that. But I think they're both, well, for me, they're both similar sorts of training that mm. you have to do. For some people, the 800, their 800 training is very different to their 15 training. But there's quite a bit of overlap with mine. Mm. I think like how my body is, what I respond to. But 
yeah, I don't know. I just want to. I'm more than happy to do whatever I'm going to be best at. What's your coach want you to do? John. John's very. He's very relaxed on it. Mm. I think he wants me. He knows that you have to to run a good fifteen. You have to run a good eight. Sure. And then to run a good eight, you have to be stronger than fifteen. Mm. So it's it's kind of like we'll, we'll work work around both those areas, and then whichever one's looking like you're um, progressing towards and looking better that you might perform in. We'll decide then. You say that you think the Olympics is a, is a, unrealistic in your mind. Well, but it's, it's, a it's a long, it's a long shot. A long, a long shot. Yeah, sure. Like, maybe that's a better way of phrasing yeah. it. A long, a long shot, but it must be something that's on your mind. Oh, that, that's yeah. the target, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's what's driving you every day. One hundred percent. So, like, it's in the no matter. Everybody gets sucked into like the big the Olympics. Yeah. Like every four years, it's like the equivalent of the World Cup in football. Like it's the, the biggest stage that you could possibly perform on in your sport. So yeah, obviously, like it's in the back of my head when I'm feeling in a bit of a session like oh you never know like you could this mm. could make the difference in the trials or you could just nick the time with this sort of thing but yeah yeah you dream um, about that yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost it's a dream really like you, it'd be something i'd love to be able to do yeah, obviously you said that you're you're younger than most of the guys you train with so i guess would you look at it as these olympics would be almost a bonus the next ones would really be the yeah, one, your, that's, your peak you, one you've hit the nail on the head there so that's exactly what it is when i've been speaking about planning and stuff like if if I was to make this one, it'd be like completely a massive bonus. Mm. Be a win-win. It wouldn't make a difference. Like I said with the Glasgow indoors, mm. when I got the late call, it's like a win-win. Like it's a complete bonus. It's just a massive like learning experience. Yeah. And then like in a few years time, then you want to be really performing and like pushing to do well. Yeah. So would you say that your next, your sort of big target next would probably be the next World Championships, but hopefully you can get into the Olympics this, this year. That's kind of the yeah, end. yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, elephant in the room we've got to sort of tackle. I think is um, is obviously just the coronavirus and the, and it's, it's about you know it's across all sports in the moment. The doubts yeah. about you know you might be signed. Have you signed up to meets at the moment? You don't know where they're going to take up. You, yeah, so talking... I'm, I'm heading out to Flagstaff in Arizona. Yeah, um, in about a month's time, flying out there for an altitude training camp, where I'll be there for three weeks, and then I'll head to san francisco and la to do a couple of races at the moment those races are still on but you never know yeah do you talk about it within the group to be honest not really yeah we've not really had a not really had a nobody's really talking about it. it's kind of just everybody knows it's going on everybody knows it's a mm. horrible issue that's like people are having to deal with in different parts of the world but everybody seems especially in the, i don't know in the uk people seem to be just getting on with getting on with life i don't know if that's because it's not very severe here yet which is a possibility, but yeah, everybody's kind of just working towards mm. their goals and just keep keeping doing that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, if the Olympics didn't happen, it'd be one of the biggest sports stories ever. Never been postponed or cancelled yeah, in, yeah. in in peacetime. It's only ever been because of wars. So, I mean, for all for athletes across all sports, there's nothing mm. else you can do other than assume it's, it's going to happen. Those, it's one of those things that's out of your control. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was on my when I went on my first team, actually, by a youth team. I think it was I'm an England under 18s team the team manager just was like control the controllables mm. and like that's stuck with me for like the last six seven years whatever yeah. and it's just it's one of those things like you can't you yeah. can't if you work if you're stressing about it you're gonna waste so much and you can't stay indoors all the time you kind of just gotta yeah do what you can to maybe make yourself cleaner healthier whatever but I think if you think about it too much, I guess you're gonna you're, exactly. you're, you're gonna end up dropping off your training and then yeah. you're, and then you're behind well, it's like it's like anybody you can't I don't think you can be worrying about that because if you're anxious and worried about that then it's just going to affect your life really badly yeah returning to your dad i guess for me i remember his football career best for the leeds champions league run in the 2002 world cup 
Yeah. How old were you then? So I was 2002 World Cup. I was three. Right. So not something you remember <laughs> then, that much. No. And then Leeds, I was probably four or five. So I don't, to be honest, I don't remember any of that. I've watched, <laughs> they had um, old videos, which we used to watch when we were about eight or nine and we understood it a little bit. Right. Can't, can't play them anymore because nobody has a video, <laughs> video player. Did your dad not go and put it onto VHS, the DVD converts? <sighs> Do you sit you down and say, this is my, this is the 2002 World Cup? Yeah, but when we were younger, he had loads of videos. Especially, yeah. I remember watching all of the highlights from that, and also when he got promoted with Charlton. Yeah, yeah. In '99, that was mm. just after I was born, so I remember watching that on, on video. But I do, do remember his days at Man City. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't retire till 2009, did he? So yeah. Well, he's only re- he retired at 30 though. Yeah. So he's still really young. Mm. So unfortunately, I didn't get to see him when I would have understood it a little bit more because mm. I was still still young. Then wasn't massively interested, but we used to go to Man City quite a lot. Like. I remember we'd sit quite high up and we'd be able to see on the pitch it always like wave when he came out mm. but I don't remember the specifics I just remember being there and seeing different things and that yeah I'm wondering that sort of professional sports setup what you would have grown up through so you know your dad coming home from training I guess every day and he's a sports person that has to yeah. that has to be disciplined off, yeah, off yeah, the yeah. pitch as well as on it so I'm quite interested to know sort that sort of mentality so he's growing up around that sort of influenced yeah. you. Oh, without a doubt, one hundred percent. So he's very much both my parents are, but dad especially is very much do everything you can. Like mm. if you work as hard as you possibly can, if you don't give a hundred percent, that's not good enough. Like so, that's very helpful when obviously in a sport that I'm doing now, where it's just about you, and if you give everything, you'll get results. Mm. So yeah, it's very like been very helpful like to see that and it's inspired me almost to see like that's what you have to do this is how you have to live like and that sort of thing yeah we see quite a lot of famous sporting families they often don't actually cross sports so it's usually usually in the same sort of sport yeah. they, they, you might... well, my, my younger brother plays at everton oh really so, okay yeah so that's like same sport yeah so how's he's he... a talented one okay so how's he doing there yeah he's, he's good he's um just coming towards the end of school so hopefully so I think he's being kept on for the next next year or so. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So just got to keep working hard. Yeah. You you said that uh, football was something that you started off playing. Is that ever something that you really oh, considered? And... Yeah, that was a dream. I wanted to mm. be a footballer. Like pretty much, I think every kid would want to be a footballer. But at the end of the day, like I wasn't wasn't good enough. Not, which is normal, really. Hardly any people make it into that into that profession, and then kind of move like I mentioned earlier moved towards athletics in school and that sort yeah. of thing and then around the age of 15 16 I was like oh, I can I'm good at this I think I can think I can do well here yeah because I, I, I always want I love like see like we said earlier I like, saw my dad being a professional sportsman I was like that's awesome that's so cool and then kind of saw athletics and running as like my opportunity to do that yeah maybe what sort of advice does he give you apart oh, from you said about giving a hundred percent all the time yeah it's probably because he would know mm. from his own experiences for like you said for your brother who's at everton yeah yeah so maybe a bit easier to say this literally this is the situation i was in at different clubs yeah. but but for you it's it's different so probably quite exciting for him to do something a bit yeah he's obviously like a lot of a lot of it crosses over yeah. like experience in sport like getting yourself ready for composition getting yourself ready for training recovery mm. nutrition like all of that sort of thing all crosses over it's purely just different different sports but i'd say it's probably easier for him to help me with running than it would be for me to help somebody with football right because it's running's a it's a very fairly simplistic sport like there's not 
it's basically just run quicker than everyone else. That focus as well. A lot, yeah, of it's yeah, my, yeah. a lot of it's mental. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? exactly. He's very, like, I, like he's very, very good with like helping me mentally. He's like, come on, you've done all yeah. the training. You can do this. Like, just execute your plan and do everything like that. It looks like that would be the case from the mm. outside because obviously your dad said ends up going into a successful well, he's, he's, media he's career. There, he's been there and done it on yeah. like the highest level in front of however many fans. Yeah. So like, and under like, big pressure. Yeah, exactly. So it's under. He understands the pressure that. I put myself under because that's a lot of it like mm. p- pressure from yourself to perform the pressure that you feel from the crowds or the events he's really helpful at like managing me and helping me with understanding those things and knowing what to do in those scenarios yeah and he's clearly quite good at analysis as well because he's mm. made a successful career doing the, being a pundit since then well so. that's, that's probably a matter of opinion I think <laughs> I think he's <laughs> right, right but I'm probably a bit biased <laughs> Um, right, look, thanks for thanks for coming in today. We finish all um, podcasts with just a few questions at the end, which are yeah. sort of like away from what we've been talking about, okay. really, just a bit of fun. So the first bit would be, well, who do you look up to as a as a role model aside from family? And yeah, from so why? obviously my dad, my dad's probably my biggest role model. Mm. I'd say we've mentioned on that a little bit, but like I said, seeing how he made it in his career, telling me what he did to make it in his career, and seeing how he works like day in day out even if that's not in sport that's a massive like inspiration for me like to see mm. it from a family member on the other side it's more just i respect a lot of i like to see sportsmen and and women that have like you can tell they've given everything they can to mm. achieve their goals mm. whether that's a footballer basketball player hockey player anything like that mm. but it's difficult to say i couldn't put like the nail on the head cuz to be honest my dad's been, biggest role model yeah. in that in that sense quite different to maybe other people because they don't have like a former like england footballer as their yeah as their dad yeah who'd you end up supporting weirdly so this is a funny story i'm a chelsea fan <laughs> really yeah so okay. basically when i was like before my dad signed for me like when he was when i was like three one of my dad's mates bought me a chelsea kit mm-hmm and it just stuck. Right. I okay. was wearing it in the garden like all the time. So why was that bought for you? I think because my favourite colour was blue. Okay. For some reason, like I was only a little kid, so. But then ended up sticking and supporting them, which is weird. I have a, obviously a soft spot for Leeds and mm. would love for them to go up this year. Like been to a few games there. Like that's probably my dad's favourite club mm. and that sort of thing. It's kind of the team that's close to home. Do you get stick from your dad for the Chelsea supporters? He's not really that bothered. No. It's kind of just he kind of like. It's not one of those things that just like came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, well, it did come out of nowhere, but it's been there for obviously the last 17, 18 years of my life. Yeah, cool. Um, right, since, since coming to Sussex, um, where's been your where's your been your favourite place? And when you do get any spare time, where would you yeah. like it to be? So I usually love heading into the lanes in Brighton. Mm. It's like a very different different vibe, different to lots of places that I've been before, like loads of little nice independent cafes, restaurants sort of thing. You just go go chill out there also the the beach in the summer is great mm. go chill out there with a few mates like after tr- or like on a rest day or something like that just have yeah. a lemonade occasionally yeah yeah <laughs> tell us something about you which most people may not know that's a difficult one um is it probably that you're a chelsea fan yeah pro- that's probably it yeah <laughs> and that somebody my dad's mate thought it'd be funny to buy me a kit and didn't think it would stick but... absolutely yeah finish your sentence my guilty pleasure is I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say I have a guilty pleasure. No. No. Weirdly. Is there anything when you're doing like a really hard training block where you know you shouldn't be eating badly? To be, you to really be honest, crave? We're training. So we, we when we're training really hard, we're like really pushing ourselves, and I think everything in moderation isn't bad. Right. Yeah. So like, I think if I have, if I've had 
a big day of like I've done a track session in the morning, I've been to the gym and then I've run again that evening. It's not going to kill you to have a couple no. of biscuits. Like it's just, it's kind of like just making, not overdoing it, yeah. which we don't want to do with training either, but not overdoing it with your diet, making sure you get the major things right. So you're getting your right meals in and all that sort of thing and being strict with that. But it's more, it's good to have like a bit of normality and like relax in different certain areas or you, you, you'll fry your brain. Like you just need to um, like sometimes switch off and just be normal. Mm. And finally, in five years, where do you think you'll be or hope you'll be? So in five years, I'd like to like to be an Olympian because mm. I have a second Olympic cycle in there. And then other than that, I have no idea. I can't look that far ahead. Five years is a long time. Thanks so much to George for his time. And of course, we wish him the best of luck for the season ahead and his bid to qualify for the Olympic team. If you're new to the podcast and you want to hear previous episodes, search University of Brighton on most podcast apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe there as well. So the latest episode will just drop in for you. For now, thanks for listening. <laughs>